On this episode of Satellite Superheroes, we are talking about utilities. You know I geek out about it, but we're talking about technology that utilities are leveraging today to deliver great solutions and services for you, the customer. Let's get cracking. Don, welcome to Satellite Superheroes. Thank you very much for joining. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. This is awesome. I'm, I'm telling you, you have a podcast. I like that. And because you have a podcast, you have a great mic and you sound great. <laughs> great. Yeah, we have a podcast called Changing Energy. Uh, it is all about a casual conversation about the way that our industry has changed. And, and that's part of what we're talking about here today. Yeah, we're going to be chirping on that in a big way because uh, we uh, listeners, we, we sit there and I'll reminisce about the old school way. And it gets a little old, but it is for me an old crotchety journeyman. Uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by how uh, utilities are coping with this digital transformation, resource issues, everything in between to keep our lights on, to keep it reliable, keep it safe, all of that stuff. Before we get into that conversation, Don, we need a little 411 on uh, who you are. Sure. I am the Vice President of Engineering and Operations for Wake Electric Membership Corporation. That's a rural electric cooperative just north of Raleigh, North Carolina. We are a cooperative that was really once uh, quite rural, where we served a lot of dairy farms up in this area. But now we are suburban Raleigh, and, and we are in high-density area. We serve about 52,000 homes, uh, largely residential. And at the pace that we're growing, it's about a almost a meter an hour is the growth rate in this area around the Raleigh area. Really? So it's uh, it's tremendous. And so I, I have been here at Wake Electric for about 12 years. I've seen us grow from just below 30,000 meters to 52,000 meters in the 12 years I've been here. So, and, and at that same time, when I came on board at Wake Electric, I think uh, we, it was a lot of utilities in a wait and see kind of mode of where technology was going to go. And I was just fortunate enough to come into this role after working for a company up in Washington, D.C. called the National Rural Telecommunications Cooperative. And my job in that company was researching what technologies were coming down the pipe for utilities. Then I get to come to a place like Wake Electric that's a greenfield. <laughs> and it was wide open. So I got to be a part of deploying AMI and SCADA systems and all the other technologies that we're implementing here. It, it it fascinates me, and I, and I just uh, I'm my mind is still sort of wrapping it itself around that one meter per hour. How I have <laughs> to ask the question: How do you how do you manage that demand? How do you, I mean that's it's like I mean that's people, right? That's that, you know I'm driving out there. I got a meter in hand. I'm going to install blah blah blah, and I'm going to do whatever is necessary. How do you do that? It's working with a lot of developers. And uh, when a staking, when a, we call them staking technicians, I know that's different terminology and different utilities. Our staking technicians are our design technicians. Ah. And they go out there and they're doing 10 to 12 at, on a trip because they're, doing, they're designing uh, subdivisions for the most part these days. That's how, that's the only way is that with the density helps. But with that growth rate, you, I mean, there's a lot of uh, resource pressures on your, your business. You, you, you've got to expand. You've got to get, bring people back in. I mean, you got to bring people in to satisfy that. What's You're your strategy about, around that? 
you're talking about people, but you know, it's it's also the 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 technology to be monitoring the capacity on the lines and being able to make sure we can handle that growth rate from an infrastructure standpoint too. Wow. So that's some real time um, digitization that is uh, is making an impact on what we do. Is is watching it, you know when you could sit there and watch a recloser that you know is going to trip at 600 amps, <laughs> and you're watching on a hot day, going, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> 550. Uh, everybody's holding their breath. But that's, that's the world of digitization. That's yes. that's that's new technology to a certain extent, relatively new technology that gives you the insights that are you, you need to manage your, your territory, right? That's right. And, you know, being able to you know, look at and then you look down the line because it used to be pretty much guesswork on how to balance different phases. But now if a meter is reporting to you every hour, now you've got a virtual meter for every phase. Balancing becomes a lot more, uh, a lot easier to do. You just send a lineman out, they say, switch that tap over to that phase because we know exactly what that tap uh, is using at any given time using these, uh, by just virtualizing these aggregated meters. Does that make sense? Yeah, for me. Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Pretty cool. I I got it. So, with that said, and, and, and I'm sorry, listeners, we're going to be talking about digitization, and that's what we're talking about. But, but it's, this is so fascinating because, uh, in general, the utilities as a whole, macro, have, have tremendous pressure to be able to do what they need to do, but leverage technology to deliver what we just take for granted, and that's power. And when I come in my room and I flip it on, boom, there it is, no big deal. And... Uh, little interruptions. Um, with that said, if, if you're, if you're able to manage your loyal load, if, if are you, are you, how are you communicating that type of information to the people out in the field? What are you doing? It's a, it's largely a cellular based telecom. We, we learned, uh, we learned about 10 years ago that if a utility tried to build a telecom system for every single uh, smart grid device out there, that we would not, we would no longer be a utility, uh, electric utility. We'd be more of a telecom utility because yeah. that is a massive uh, telecom network. So we really had to lean heavily and, and kind of uh, give it up to the telecom companies, but that's their specialty. So we made partnerships with um, some of those cellular companies, got some some private IP addresses through those companies, and start use cellular for everything. Um, and, and we can rest assured when the power goes out, we fix the power. When the telecom goes out, they fix the telecom. And, and of course, we have, we have mobile dispatch radios and some other things that we do manage. Uh, that is on a, on a system that we put in. And obviously, having that, that communication to each of the trucks are vitally important in, in any situation. It, and it, it seems to me that it compresses. You got, a, you got an issue, whatever that, you know, times zero one, whatever that is, and notification and identifying it to actual, you know, spring into action and solving the problem is compressed because you have that capability of communicating. Is that? Yeah, I always said that the operations center of a utility 40 years ago was a table and a telephone and a paper map. And so when that telephone rang, somebody was letting you know that they were out of power and you had to get their address, find that page of the map book, open it up and start, start diagnosing from there and see. And you were just hoping that phone would ring a second time because that would be a second data point you could have. To, yes. to, to, to 
And so, uh, and so now, you know, these, op- these operation centers look like NASA. They're, they're watching multiple screens because every single meter is capable of reporting an outage to us in real time. So now these, it's, it's no longer a manual job to predict the scope of the outage. We know right away that everything from this key asset is out from that point on. So we know exactly where to ride to in a lot of these cases. Plus, now SCADA system is delivering a fault. Um, the uh, the reclosers are delivering a fault current back. We 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 send that over to the engineers and say, based on that fault current, what span is it? And to think that we can now use that number to direct our linemen to within three or four spans of the known problem um, is amazing on what we're able to do for our resilience. How fast? Does that transaction, that scenario, that example that you just provided, how fast is it? The good so- news is that we're, we're starting to train our linemen to do almost everything I just said right from their truck. It's a, what's probably the most rewarding part of, of some of this technology is bringing the technology to the linemen with their, in their, on their iPads. So our linemen have access to the outage management system. They have visualization of the SCADA system. So they, a lot of times when we see an outage come in and our dispatcher is about to key to Mike and he'll say, hey, give me three, uh, truck 369 and 369 comes to our call and goes, you want me to go over to Hicks Road, right? And it's because okay. they've already seen that the outages come in. They've already figured out where the outage is, that they are just, they know that's where they're going next because they have all the same tools that we have in dispatch now. So- does does the the analytics the capability know you know uh, uh, maybe I'm incorrect here or whatever I we used to have territories as let's say patrolmen linemen so I would be over here and somebody would be over here does that analytics also say hey it goes to Scott because it's he's over here you know it's it's sort of does it do yeah. that. It, it could do that. We, we still, we still uh, look at, we still let our dispatchers bring up the general map. The, the good news is it's everything's graphical. And, and one of the points I wanted to make today is that it was super important back in the day to have the most tenured people in our cooperative be a dispatcher. They had to know exactly that that red barn that had the tap off of it that went down to the fork in the road that was unnamed, but there was usually a goat tied to it, uh, to a tree there. You had to know those kind of things or else you weren't going to be able to navigate our territory. Now everything is, is, is GPS and mapped. And when the outage happens, it's lit up on a screen. At the same time, all of our trucks are lit up on a screen. So it doesn't take, wow. it doesn't take all that, that much of a, of a skill set to say, there's the outage. There's three trucks within driving distance of that let me pick that truck. And, uh, and a lot of times, if you watch those, those blips of trucks, they're headed that way anyway. <laughs> Automatically, because they see it, because they have their iPads, and it's already right. communicating the fact that hey, there's a problem over here. And, and they, right. get, they get a ding at the same time to let them know there's something to look at on that. And, it, and they tell them it, this it could be in this particular span, it, it, it was this, whatever, and, and it's yes. impacting this neighborhood, whatever it might be. Right. And it that's all great information to uh, now it, in the past, there was a certain type of person that would, like you said, a, a senior individual right. at, at that, you know, with a single line map 
phone in hand, boom, looking at it and knew everything. Right. But but we're looking at a different skill set nowadays because that's that that was not the skill set when I was, you know, right. climbing towers right. and all that garbage. What are you looking at? What, what because you're you're dealing with you're dealing with people leaving, seasoned individuals that are retiring. They just are. Right. What are we doing? What are you doing to address the, the resource challenges? So I'll take, use one example here uh, of that that is, is probably the most pertinent. Uh, as, you, as you probably know, one of the most critical parts of, of maintenance of an electric system is vegetation management. Oh. Uh, it's keeping, that, keeping the trees and the right-of-ways uh, clear of debris, trees, limbs, foliage, uh, even danger trees, we call danger trees, are those pole, those trees that are outside of our ter- uh, out of our right of way, but are tall enough and dead enough to still fall and cause havoc. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know that that has take, taken a very seasoned person to know where all these danger spots are, and we manage three thousand nine hundred miles of line. And we recently figured on our podcast, we, we had also just determined how far that if you drove from Washington, D.C. To, to L.A., that was 2,500 miles. And here we are, a small little utility just north of Raleigh, and we have uh, 3,900 miles of line. Yeah, and, 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 and we're patrolling that and keeping that right away clean. That has been pretty much a full-time job of a very seasoned employee that didn't have to search for problems because they typically knew where they were going to occur anyway, because they knew the territory. Well, um, a a real story, our manager of operations retired on April 1st and our vegetation management uh, senior person is uh, retiring on May 27th. So here's operations and vegetation management person. Double whammy, baby. That's right. So, um, we uh, teamed up last year with a company called AI Dash, and their concept was to take a satellite image of our entire system. And they have a technology that measures distances about within one foot accuracy horizontally and about three foot accuracy vert- vertically. And they, they take this, this scan of our entire system and they match the visual data from the satellites with the criticality because they take our, our uh, we call um, a connectivity tree. A connectivity tree is we have a substation, downline from the substation, we have a feeder, downline from the feeder, we have a transformer, houses. And, and so they have basically scored every feeder that we have by the number of homes served and by the criticality of that feeder. And they take an analytics and say, the tree growth we think is, you know, four feet a year, and you and and, and you need to uh, and this will, this line will need to be trimmed in 2024. And they do that, and then they say, "How much budget do you have?" And if I say I've only got a million dollars worth of budget, which is half of what I typically need, <laughs> well, if you've only got a million dollars, here's your most critical feeders, and this will. Causes. So we take that type of information, and now I can bring in someone that understands how to read reports, manage that type of data, and then they can now advise a lot of our uh, contractors uh, with this information rather than the information we've always relied on, which was inside the heads of those very senior people. Yeah, and and, and typically that's sort of a cycle type thing. Hey, I got to go and trim this. 
this line, it has been four years, this is the time, whether it needed it or not, I'm on this right. line, I'm, I'm, and that might not be the best uh, deployment of maintenance dollars. It might have been right. better served. If I only have a million dollars, right, it might be better served over here. I would imagine that you take a snapshot from the sky of your service territory, vegetation, and then you can come back probably another year, whatever, whatever the cycle right. is from that, determine, and it just gets better from a from an insight perspective on your vegetation management, just because, well, a tree we thought was going to grow this far, but it really just this mm -hmm. far. Whatever. That's right. so they're, Whatever. they're going to scan twice a year. They claim to have a, a technology called red edge tech, red edge um, frequencies that after a few scans, they can actually tell the amount of chlorophyll and water in leaves. So they can identify dying or dead trees. Yeah. which which is pretty incredible or that we're, we're waiting we're waiting to see that so if they're if they're if they're able to determine the height of a tree yeah. and determine that it's dying they're now not only looking uh, at our right away they're looking outside of our right away of what could be a danger tree and pointing us there um ahead of time so it could be pretty amazing and and, and i would imagine just like anything else it's there's a uh, we're still at the beginning of it there's going to continue to be uh greater advancements of that, but it, but it's the only way from what I can understand. And, and that's just with satellites, with other technology for utilities right. to be able to continue to deliver the power that is necessary, right. That, that we so deserve and pay for and um, do it in a reliable way. And, and even though, you know, people are leaving, you still can sustain and, and maintain that, that, um, you know, valuable asset. You've got a big trouble or a challenge. Not a trouble, challenge, opportunity challenge. is because you're an expanding territory. You're expanding right. service territory. And I mean, that just requires a little bit more. And it, I mean, it's an interesting time. It is. It is. It's a great time to, it's a, it's, this industry is, a, has, is, is not stagnant whatsoever. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, so, with the advent of technology and innovation within the utility space, what are you looking for for people? What what what's your criteria? Well, I'm hoping that we're just prepared for all, all the recent graduates that are coming out. We know. I mean, I've got children. I've got a 19 year old. <laughs> I know what he's. I know what he's capable of, and it wasn't what my grandfather might have been capable of at 19, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and uh, and so to say this isn't my grandfather's utility. Is probably a good thing given the the type of of, of, of folks that are coming out. Um, we are obviously looking for computer savvy uh, folks um, that that understand the technology, that can grasp technology, and, and accept change. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. we're very fortunate at we're very fortunate at our cooperative. We have linemen, which we have a rare instant where our linemen are hungry to use the technology. They're ready to accept it. And, oh, and yeah, they, I have to ask the question. How, how yeah? So we've heard tactics like, hey, give the lineman the iPad with no rules. Hey, just take this iPad home, play with it, put games on it, whatever you do to get comfortable with it. And then we're going to lock it down and use it for work. But we want you to love it first and, and, and have it always close by. That has been a, a technique that that 
we didn't have to we didn't have to lock it down uh, very quickly. They they were ready. They said that that's, and they they recognize that the dispatchers that are coming in that are rotating through here don't have the experience that they have been used to having in there. So they want to have that visualization in their trucks. They want to have that backup. Um, they want to feel safe when they when they call for that hotline tag. They want to verify it's been done correctly. That's a huge, huge advantage. Let me ask you this. For the adoption of your iPad solution, right? Right. The, and, and the linemen being hungry, are they, do they tend to be young or are they old like me? <laughs> you know, we have linemen of all ages, but uh, I don't know how you, 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 you seem very young there, Scott. Well, thank um, you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm young at heart. No, I, 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 obviously I do see that the, the younger ones are the ones showing the older ones a little bit more. They're like, Hey, you, we, we've got this now. And, and I'm seeing that I'm seeing the, 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 the older generation teaching the younger ones safety. Yeah. And I see the younger ones teaching the older ones, the technology. So uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. That's a great marriage. And then as time goes on, you continue and you're going to have a really computer savvy uh, workforce, which is right. really ed, whether you like it or not, whether you disagree with it or not, it's happening and it is necessary to, to make sure. I like the idea, and, and I think we were talking offline about your your um, control center and how it looks so so much like uh, you know a, a uh, you know blast off whatever. It's very high tech, and you're able to see it in a real time fashion. And you're 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 bringing in people that can get up to speed relatively quick, which is a good thing. Yeah, I think that I think the operations center. It, it now, this is really crazy to say, but it runs like an, an iPhone, you know, everybody, an yeah. iPhone is so intuitive, you know, you, you sort of can figure out an iPhone, just about anybody that we're trying, we're trying to make that dispatch center pretty intuitive that there's not a lot of guesswork that can be, that can be done in, in what's going on there. And I like the safety element to it, right? I, I really do. It's, it's, you're trying to remove the, whether we like it or not, there's human error and it can happen. Sure. But yes. now that with technology, you're, you're really sort of minimizing that human error and uh, making it safer for everybody. Before we leave, before we wrap it up, uh, put on your future cap and, and sort of tell us sort of the, where you see it going outside. I see, it, I, I see the vegetation management solution. I see the, the control center solution. I see the iPad solution and that whole massive communication compressing that time where do you see it going where are you well i think uh i think some of the big challenges we have obviously is with the transformation of the grid assets themselves because as you know nuclear is 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 extremely expensive coal is just unheard of to be to be built today natural gas only exists if you have the pipelines to support it so where as we continue to grow where's this centralized generation going to come from we're starting to see that the trends go toward renewables, uh, uh, distributed resources, microgrids. Now, when you start, when you change up the way you've always delivered power and you're delivering it from the opposite direction, um, all this technology is going to have uh, to help manage that for us. So I, I, it's hard to, to, to imagine how it's going to work, but we're starting to see that these technologies just become the foundation for making that work in the future. Uh, so um, alignment now is going to have to see 
that the power is coming from that microgrid, not from the normal source. And they yeah, have to see that in real time. Yeah. See, it was so it was so simple on uh, when I was there. Generator, transmission, substation, <laughs> you know, distribution, boom. And nothing was on that other side of the, the meter. Right. Now it's all right. on the other, there's other other side of the meter and it's pushing back. And and that's uh, smart yeah. people out there. Right. We're starting to, we're gonna start to see that the end consumer play a major part in, oh, in delivery of power too. Huge, huge. Yeah. All right. How does somebody get a hold of you? And they said, Hey, I like what Don's talking about. And I just need to pick his brain because he seems like he's. Well, I'd love to, about. I'd love to hear from anybody that has questions. Uh, like I said, I work at wake electric. My email address is Don D O N dot Bowman B O W M A N at WEMC.com. That's Wake Electric Membership Corporation.com. Uh, we do have a podcast. We have made it through two episodes and have had such great feedback. We are looking forward to making many, many, many more. That's called Changing Energy and can be found on Apple and Spotify today. And uh, we have a Facebook page for Changing Energy. So hopefully you can find us there. See, now that's that's unique in the world of utilities, just that alone, that, that <laughs> desire to communicate and that desire to sort of have that conversation. I love it. I love it. Well done, man. All right, Don, thank you very much for uh, joining us on Satellite Universe. Thank you. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on this side. Stay tuned. We will be right back. All right, a quick thank you to Don Bowman. Thank you very much for being on Satellite Superheroes and sharing your insights and your wisdom into how technology is positively transforming the way utilities do their business and deliver safe and reliable power. Absolutely geeked out on that one. That was great. All right, go out to Satellite Superheroes. Please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe to this particular podcast it's exceptional we're going to have i mean we're just going to continue to bring great great conversations that are around leveraging satellites leveraging technologies and how that will significantly impact your day and your life in a positive way thank you once again for joining satellite superheroes we will have another great conversation shortly so stay tuned